Hello, welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I showered twice yesterday, but not at all yet today. That's big. Uh, my name is Luke Bailey, and I showered yesterday, and I washed my hair yesterday. Wow, do you wash your hair regularly? Yeah, on a regular cycle. Okay, so for people who have never seen you before, I would describe you as a cross between like Alan Moore and like not Fat Thor from Endgame, but like <laughs> on the way to Fat Thor. Like, yeah, not when we meet him. You're like the Thor right after he cuts off Thanos's head, and we don't see him for a while. I felt very represented by that movie. That's I, the important. Thing. I know you did. I know you did. But <laughs> and you also, but you have you have very long hair. How long does your hair go down to now? Um, it's well past my waist. Wow, my mom had uh, hair down to her butt when she was in the seventies. Yeah, me and your mom, man, we got a lot in common. You guys look very similar. I get, con- I, <laughs> you know that, you know that relatable problem where you call your podcast co-host mom. It's just such a, <laughs> it's such a typical issue to have. Today we're going to be talking about small towns and the internet. Yeah, well, small towns and small communities. Small communities. I don't, I don't live in a town, but I have a community. I live in a community that's that's losing its mind. Well, also, people probably don't know this, but like London is just a series of small towns within small towns within small towns. So yeah, I mean, my favorite thing about London, like American cities, have this thing of they are a city and they grow out. But British towns, particularly in London, have this thing of they all used to be villages, and eventually London just connected them up. Right. I mean, it, it follows our rule that we've established on the show, which is if you want to talk about anything in England, you have to go, well, back in the first century. Yeah, it's true. But there are amazing, you know, there are amazing photos of like pubs that we used to go to. Obviously, you don't live here anymore. But like, <laughs> that I, 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 I say I still go to. I used to go to in January. Right, right. Um, but yeah, no, we, we have pubs around here and, and some of them have stuff up on the walls from like 200 years ago. And it's just the pub surrounded by a field. And now the pub is like the center of a large road covered in cars and buildings and apartment blocks and stuff. But uh, yeah, originally it was just in a field. I mean, I, I'm I'm in currently a very old town in America. It goes back to the uh, 1500s, 1600s, 1500s. But that's pretty much it. That's as, that's as far back as you get here. Yeah, obviously, yeah, we go back, we go back a lot further. I was actually looking... Um, I'm doing a lot of, you know, walks at the moment because, you know, not a lot else to do. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking at doing a, a walk around the Roman, old bits of Roman London, which I've realized, discovered that the road that we used to live on is a Roman road, an old Roman road. So that's like a 2,000, 3,000 year old road. The one with the Pizza Hut on it? Yeah. Oh, man. That was a terrible Pizza Hut. It was a really bad Pizza Hut. But I've... that's how you can tell it was a Roman road because of the authentic of the... Italian cuisine. Because of the Pizza Hut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So wait, before we go into a, our larger topic, which is how the internet is destroying uh, small towns across the planet, can I ask, is Kent part of the UK anymore? Oh, we need to talk about this. <laughs> I've been seeing people tweet about this all day, and I'm like, I, I'm going to wait and ask Luke about this. I even tried to Google it, and then it, it didn't make anything any it's, clearer. So, like, did you guys lose a whole town? What happened? It's not a town. It's a county. It's, it's... Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so if you're an American, Kent is the bit of Britain on the bottom right-hand side that's, like, a triangle. Uh, and when the news broke today, it was one of those moments where uh, I kind of read the initial tweet about it and I was like... I actually don't know which crisis this is. <laughs> this could be a coronavirus thing. This could be a Brexit thing. Turns out it's a Brexit thing. But yeah, essentially, we because of the complications of cutting off all our borders and, and destroying our trade relationships for the last 40 years, there needs to be other mechanics you know, kicking around somewhere. And one of them is that we are going to put a border around Kent, which is, it's like, I don't know, it's just like saying Vermont is a different country now. Um, right, okay. No, no, would, you guys would, have... So is it kind of like if the US was the UK and Canada was France, we basically just said like, hey, the northernmost county in Maine, you're not really part of America anymore. Good luck. Yeah, sort of. We've just decided like a big part of the Brexit conversation was that we didn't want internal borders in the UK, which right. makes sense. It's one country. And there's five countries in that country plus some, plus some other countries because it's complicated. It's, it's, a long, it's a long story. But... The idea then would be, uh, you know, you wouldn't have internal borders in the UK, except we decided to add not just a border down the Irish Sea, but for also for some reason one in Kent, which is, is 
not it's just a part of the UK. It's part of England. There's no there's no Kentish independence movement. Like you put if you put this border <laughs> in Cornwall, they'd be super happy. Right. You put it in, in your around Yorkshire, they'd be super happy. No one from Kent is has a Kentish independence movement. It doesn't exist for now. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean now it's going to. Yeah, they're they're gonna go. They're gonna go independent because they are. Yeah, because <laughs> they've been kicked yeah. out of the country so, inadvertently. So is it is it a border for everybody or is it just a border for like? lorry drivers or t- truck drivers it's a border well, it's a border for lorry drivers but basically means if you want to go to kent into kent and you're a lorry driver you need a kent access pass that's so fucking grim and crazy that's so dystopian yeah. and crazy i love that it's crazy yeah it's it's maybe it's like a long island pass is what it is actually yeah no <laughs> like, it's like it's like you are now entering the kent autonomous zone like if you don't have yeah. your pass you can't get in like that's crazy wow it's yeah. almost kind of nice to talk about brexit again i feel like it's like I feel like okay, like if 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 all of the world's problems were were a dysfunctional family, the coronavirus is like your cousin having like a mental breakdown and like being hospitalized. But Brexit is like your extremely unwell alcoholic uncle who's been like imploding for years, but is like actually it's kind of nice to go back to that problem and be like, oh, how are you doing? And it's like, oh, same yeah. old, same old, right? Yeah. It's like you've still got the same weird th- theories. You've still got the same weird thoughts, uh, but they're fun. I know what's going to happen. I know the yes. contours of this. This is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas there's coronavirus, is like, oh, it's the cousin. He may show up, but if he does show up, he's probably going to have some sort of machine gun. Yes. I mean, well, we just found out today in America that due to our inability to um, handle the virus, at least according to an uh, an unpeer-reviewed paper. So take this with a huge grain of salt. But the Washington Post is running with it, with saying that the virus has mutated. Oh, the mutation thing—that's bullshit. Sorry, I'm, they've been saying this for like six months, and every now and again, someone goes like, "Oh my god, there's this paper about how the virus is mutating. Yeah. The virus has mutated in a way that is harmless, and because of the way viruses mutate, they tend to mutate well, I was say in this. a way I was that reading, is less harmful." I was reading. I was reading the article, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds pretty scary. This sounds pretty scary." And then I get to like halfway down, and it's like. It has not made the virus any more deadly. And all of this has come from a, a non-peer-reviewed paper that was just uploaded. And I'm like, oh, for God. How are we still doing this? Like, do I believe yeah. that our, like, complete inability to handle the virus has made things much worse and possibly given it chances to mutate? Of course. But at the same time, like, why are we still covering non-peer-reviewed papers in the U.S. media? Like, please. There's so much to actually talk about. We don't have to, like, dig through, like, you know, the junk folder. This was a thing in, like, June, July this year. When an awful lot of places uh, ran headlines that were essentially the mutated, the virus has mutated and the mutated version is much more dangerous than the original version. And I was like, oh my God, oh no. And then as you read it, you discover that the mutated version is the version that is the dominant global version. So what they mean is it's different to the version from like December last year. Also, it's it's the thing that's already out there. It's fine. It's the one we know about. In a, you know, Hopefully, I'm gonna I'm gonna say hopefully you're not getting your medical advice from the Content Minds podcast. But it's been a while since I was interviewing epidemiologists. But the last time I spoke to a few of them about this, they had said that the virus will mutate to become less deadly, but possibly more contagious because, like, it's in the evolutionary interest of the virus to kill less people so it can transmit to more people. It's yeah. It's like how you become like less picky about a one night stand after two a.m. I mean, in that situation, I suspect that you're more likely to give them diseases. No, no, so. no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, in this situation, if I'm the coronavirus, yeah. After and two a.m. is where we are now. I'm like, look, I'll go home with anybody. Whereas in March, it was like, I want to go home with like a good person. You know what I'm saying? Right. But 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 you also in this situation have become less dangerous. So what you're saying is you're more likely <laughs> to kill the person you see, see, yeah, I don't, earlier in the night. No, yeah, you're you're right. This metaphor doesn't work and is also like really unsettling. Because I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. I just <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I just I, I yeah, okay. Okay, okay, oh no, okay, I've got it. So so the the idea of how much you're going to kill the person isn't if the virus let's if take the virus, that out let's take this no, out no, no. Of, the, of the metaphor entirely i don't I want to kill it, anybody i, got it. I, I kill got it i got it i got it the virus <laughs> the damage the virus does is how good the sex is oh so so early on like you're oh. trying to you're, you're less likely to go home with people but the sex is going to be good yes the sex fucking sucks but you'll go home with anybody 
Exactly. Oh, you did it. Okay, that's much less scary and and more accurate. Okay, so yeah, that's where we are now with the coronavirus. This has been a Great. science update from <laughs> your trusty host of the of the content minds. <laughs> oh, God, please listen to anything else about <laughs> any other podcast. Luke, tell me about all the small petty problems of your British community and how they're playing out online. So this is related to coronavirus again, because it's something that the our local council has been trying to do for a long time. But basically, our local council has decided that over the course of fewer people having cars, fewer people needing to drive, it's going to introduce low traffic roads. Mm. So some roads, it's going to stick planters. Oh, the man. End of. British big, people big love fighting about traffic. Oh, Oh, man. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'm ready. So they have added this on, you know, half a dozen roads, maybe. It's not a huge number. And this provoked a firestorm online um, because everyone's extremely angry about the roads that they've picked to have planters on, that they are driving around them. And then our council is not the only council to do this, but lots of councils are doing this. Where a council like, hey, is, like a, is, is kind of like a, um, like a small... How do you describe a council? Because... Oh, it's like a borough. It's like a borough. More or less. So in the UK, I think I'm in Hackney. Hackney Council has, I think, about 75,000 residents, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, so that's about the size of it. Uh, and they have a certain amount of power. But, for example, in London, they all come under the aegis of the uh, London mayor and various other, like, a big complicated layer of, of uh, infrastructure and um, local government. Okay. In our area, they have decided to do this low traffic roads thing. And everyone has absolutely kicked off. Like, it wasn't an issue during the pandemic because they were kind of like, oh, what we're going to do is take this opportunity to institute some of the things we've been meaning to institute for ages, but have, like, not wanted to, like, disrupt the flow of traffic. As traffic's gone back, everyone's been like, actually, this sucks, and now we don't have enough roads to drive down. Gotcha. As a result, it has journeyed into... um, well, it's journeyed into Facebook groups. Wait, so like what kind of Facebook group? Well, the big one is Stop Horrendous Hackney Road Closures. Oh, man. I love the name of Facebook groups. I, I am obsessed. Wait, so wait. Good. Okay, wait. I haven't seen this Facebook group. Which words in the title are capitalized? Uh, every single one except closures. This is my favorite thing. I am obsessed with this. I am so fucking obsessed with like what people choose and to capitalize in their Facebook group title because it's always crazy. It's always just like some random word is capitalized and none of them are or like yep. there or usually it's like the word for like F O R isn't capitalized, whatever it is. Like I'm obsessed with it. I, I need to know I, I can't, what is happening. Like why can't people figure out how to use capitalization correctly on Facebook? It's incredible. It's just, it's just incredible. And it's one of those groups that, Everyone is just absolutely furious. Um, everyone's mad. It has it's descended into. I mean, it's it's the UK, so it's also descended into conversation about anti-Semitism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a major problem with our local councillor, who is a guy called John Burke. Who is it? You know, he's a local councillor. It's fine. It's not a major <laughs> issue. Yeah, but he. Everyone's very angry at him because he's from Liverpool, but he's in Hackney. Yeah, he, he no, no. Is that why pe- is that why people are mad, or just because he's from Liverpool? Well, part partly because he's like, I'm really proud of what we're doing in Hackney, and everyone's like, you're from Liverpool, but like you're not allowed to be proud of. But this. like, like but- very few people are like born and raised in Hackney. It would be like being like, you're how dare you move from Chicago to Brooklyn and become like the Brooklyn mayor? That that's the equivalent. You shouldn't. Of what's you shouldn't. Ha- it's wrong. It's wrong. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So. There's a whole thing about, you know, everything. He is also, though, he's a very pugnacious counselor. Like, if you're going to be a local counselor in the UK, you should not have Twitter. You should not have Facebook. Just go to your meetings. And then every few years, you'll have to run an election. And that's going to be slightly harder because you're not prominent on social media. But my God, your life will be so much easier. Yeah. Because this guy's life is just him just fighting constantly with people who are mad at him. And he is a, he's like a very strong environmentalism. He has a lot of good points. I, I don't have particularly beef with him. But my God, it is turning into this like thing where he has become public enemy number one because he tweets a lot, whereas everyone else just like keeps their mouth shut and votes for him and like hopes to get it through. But it has descended into descended or ascended, depending on your perspective. Extensive protests. Uh, they shut down the Old Street roundabout 
uh, a few weeks ago. Actually, you know, last week, uh, last Saturday, I think, they shut down the Old Street Roundabout. Uh, yeah, a roundabout would be like uh, well, we, uh, in Massachusetts they call them rotaries. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, oh yeah, right. You guys have roundabouts, don't you? Well, yeah, we You're have like the one bit of America that has them. Yeah, turnpikes aren't that actually. Turnpikes. Are turnpikes similar. are di- turnpikes are different. Wait, so why do they shut down the Old Street Roundabout? Uh, they shut down the Old Street Roundabout because they were protesting over shutting other roads down. Uh, but yeah, it, it's wait. So they thing. shut down a road to protest them shutting down other roads. Yes, they wanted to shut that those roads down in order to demonstrate that they, you shouldn't be shutting roads down at all. But you know, they also get good turnout for these things. This group has about four thousand people, but it's got an incredibly angry, um, and it is a really good example of how these kind of local groups, everyone gets mad joins together and it becomes a much bigger thing than it probably would have been otherwise and there is a counter argument to this which is it's a good thing because it encourages more local democracy yeah and like you know local democracy basically just means like incredibly petty fights about like nothing because yes it does and thanks to the internet and more specifically facebook um those spin out of control a lot faster than they used to they do they do um and i also really enjoy the character of of the messages in it obviously a lot of them in these groups a lot of them are very angry uh, but also many of them are desperately trying to kind of have that one message that sums up like what everyone's talking about like they're desperate to have the the unifying message so yeah yeah yeah. do some examples Do, do you remember katie mellower no okay so she had a if you don't remember, this has less impact. But she had a very famous song which was called Nine Million Bicycles in Beijing." Is she a British singer? Uh, yeah, a British yeah British singer. Okay, um, sure. It was, it was it was a well-known song, but it, it opened with a line: "There are nine million bicycles in Beijing. That's a fact you can't deny." There are also nine point five point nine seven million locally registered cars in Beijing. There are two point six million cars registered in half that of Beijing. Fifty percent of London households have at least one car. Kind of contradicts Burke's figures, unless of course the more affluent buyers have more cars. That's and I just crazy. Love the, I love that he's opened this 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 comment with a Katie Mellower reference, and then just gets really mad about transport statistics so are there is is this like the main group, or are there other groups? There are other groups, uh, and obviously they have different things, but this is. There's also like a unification thing going on because Hackney are having these and they're also talking to the Islington groups because Islington are doing a similar thing. And uh, These are all neighborhoods in London, by the way. These, these are all neighborhoods in London, yeah. And they're, they're having these like conversations between them where they're, they're sort of like unifying their protests to in order against this, this thing of there are some roads that you can't drive down anymore. But forever? Or is it just like it's to reduce traffic because of the coronavirus, right? Well, it's reduced traffic because of the coronavirus, but there are also, there is a general sense of there should be more roads that have less emissions on because it's better for children growing up in the area. It's safer. Well, like, yeah. I mean, here, here's the here's the thing. Most cities don't need cars. They I'm, do not. I'm extremely, I think like cars are going to be the thing we look back on like a hundred years from now and be like, isn't it crazy that they were legal? They yes. are giant bullets that you drive around in and People die and they make the planet sicker and that you don't really need them, especially in a city like London, which has like very good buses. Yeah, London has a good local transport network. But the way that this sort of stuff comes up is that everyone becomes incredibly angry. And because also everyone else is angry because it's a Facebook group and you see nothing else except this one Facebook group and none other other smaller linked Facebook groups that... yeah, you just can't get away from it, and then everyone is just furious, and then you get a large protest about it. And like, I think an awful lot of people would have been angry about this sort of stuff twenty years ago. I don't think you would have had protests of thousands of people on the streets because of it. So we record this on Wednesdays, and a friend of the podcast uh, and fantastic journalist Casey Newton uh, released a massive Facebook um, article full of leaks uh, from Mark Zuckerberg this morning, and it has a passage from a Facebook engineer who talked about how groups were like the most dangerous thing that existed because it locks you into these bubbles that you can't leave, and even if you eventually like no longer care about slow roads or road closures in Hackney you won't be able to get out of these groups and these groups will most likely just like turn into something else and it's like you're just stuck in this like social graph that you you can't leave 
yeah, you you join the one because you happen to be mad about the bins or the roads or, or whatever minor thing it is, and then it will suggest you another dozen pl- things that are the same, and suddenly you're incredibly angry about this small group of things, and you, there's not yeah, there's not an exit point. No, I mean this was like the same this the, like what you're talking about is like hilariously petty and like very stupid. But this yeah. is like the same logic behind like the yellow vests or QAnon or anti-vax or like any of this shit where it's just like you join one thing, it keeps suggesting you more and more things and then like you get locked into it and suddenly like – so a couple of years ago there was this guy who used to uh, – I used to work with named Nahim uh, when I was working in India and he's like a giant Facebook shitlord and he proceeded to add me to what he described as like a couple fun Facebook groups. It turned out to be like <laughs> several thousand Facebook groups and this was like five years ago. And it has since made my Facebook completely unusable because in the intervening years, they have changed the way Facebook operates. So now I currently, I just opened my Facebook. I had 17 notifications and all of them are from different groups that I are completely like they're gibberish groups. Like I have, I'm, I'm part of groups like uh, dog spotting, Simpson shit posting. You go right ahead and stick your pee pee in that. See what happens. Uh, I'm just reading like. Wow. Actually scrolling down my Facebook, I do not have a thing that is not an ad or from a group until Jesus Christ. 14 yes 14 straight posts that are either an ad or a a group and many of them are groups because like I'm, I'm i'm part of a lot of mean groups where i assume the same reasons of you of just like seeing what's bubbling up but yeah you cannot see that you can't see anything else no and it's all kanye kanye posting this cat is chonky burb which is a bird group and what's crazy is that like New urbanist memes for transit-oriented teens. That's a good oh man, one. I love that. I actually love that group. Yeah, me too. This is um, going to be one of the situations where it turns out we're all, all in all the same groups. I, I mean, I assume we are at this point. But so, sounds like we live in a society, but okay, implying we can discuss food. These are those are all sets. Those are certainly all words. Yeah, no, I'm I'm part of all of these groups. Um, yeah, they're. Uh, I wait a minute. This is not Flavor Town. Where the heck am I? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Corona memes for pandemic-averse teens. Yeah, yeah. A group where we all pretend to be boomers, new metal shit posting, family values reunion tour. I'm high in this. I'm high in this is food. A lot of these have also changed names. So like, oh god, this is an amazing one. Amchad memes for American rail apologist teens. Oh, that's really good. Oh, I'm in one called implying we can discuss music. No, these are all just like gibberish. And scrolling through them, it's really funny to see that like they're all just posting the same like content lifted from everywhere else. Like it's just like garbage. It's just like it's just garbage. Like there's no. Yeah, you can you can see the appeal from like the Mark Zuckerberg side of it would be really good to have everyone doing like local media with each other. Like you should have these discussion groups for your local area about you know whatever bars you go to or whatever the council's doing. But they become these just dominant forces in such a way, and I I don't think we've totally understood how dominant they are. No, I mean I, you and I are. I would like to think fairly internet literate. So like we look at the stuff and we're just like, this is fucking garbage and it looks like shit and like none of it matters. But yeah. actually I've been waiting to use this, uh, this anecdote. So this is the perfect time to use it, which is that I was recently talking to my dad about Facebook because what he does is he, oh boy, it's really dark, but he, he just like sits and watches Fox news. And then while watching Fox news, just like browses Facebook videos and and he's losing his hearing so the tv's on full blast but then also he's got (laughs) hearing aids that connect bluetooth into his phone so facebook videos are going directly into his brain i mean it's like it's like you've locked yourself into this thing and he was like talking about the stuff he's seeing and what i thought was really interesting was that he he made some comment like um you know, I don't know why they're showing me this or, you know, I don't, I don't know why, why they're these videos, you know, these videos, they keep showing them to me. And I, I was like, who, who's showing them to you? And he's like, you know, they just keep showing me the same stuff. I'm seeing the same kind of things. And, you know, I don't know why, you know, they think I should see this. And I'm like, who? And, and what I, I thought that was interesting, like he's 70. So the generation gap, you know, it's pretty wide. He's grown up with TV. He's grown up with like curated media all of his life. Right. So he's not understanding that the stuff on Facebook isn't 
he, he assumes it's put there for a reason. Right. It's not just like random garbage gibberish automated by like an AI that just wants to keep using the app. It's he assumes that there's someone that is giving him this content for some kind of reason. And that to me felt like I had discovered like the monkey skeleton in between like apes and humans. It was just like, oh, I get it. I think I get it now. Like, yeah, you, you, they think everything that they see is there for a reason and therefore is important yes it's the it's the assumed authority of what they see like you see something on tv you know it's important because it's on tv you see something on facebook you assume that it's important because it's on facebook yes it was like it was like oh you're doing things based on facebook activity because you assume that what's in your facebook feed matters but people our age are like everything in our facebook feed is like gibberish garbage and doesn't matter so like why because i always wondered i was like why are people like paying attention to Facebook? My eyes gla- glaze over it. Like I just think like, oh, it's like spam. Yeah. It's just, it's it's like a ch- it's like a chum box that you would see yeah, at the bottom of the nonsense. Yeah. yeah, and and that that was a huge revelation for me. I was like, oh, I get it now. You think this is on purpose, and that's scary. That's like a really scary idea. Yeah, absolutely. What's the next rally like for the uh, for the the slow road people? Like, what are they? Di- uh, what, what what are they up to? What, what's their next op? The next rally is, I think, not next Saturday. It's maybe the Saturday after. Uh, they are going. I can't remember where they're going, but they got. I think. I think they're in Islington this time. Um, but yeah, no, it's another rally. Lots of people going to yell a lot. It's. Uh, I'm sure it'll make a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are there conspiracy theories like spreading in these groups or anything? I mean, there's a lot of anti-Semitism. Uh, there are accusations that certain roads are being excluded from the low traffic area because they're jewish because like more jewish people live on them i see i see so yeah it's pretty it's pretty unpleasant Mm. um they're very mad at specific people so for example they they are taking photos like you know they obviously council have people out there to count like traffic flows and see you know how how many cars going down down stuff and they're they're sneaking up behind them and taking photos of them and being like this is the guy who's lying about like how many cars are on this road oh wow it's like it's kind of like the 5g stuff yep it's exactly like the 5g stuff uh just to fill in anyone listening uh the uk had a very exciting summer uh where uh, (laughs) a bunch of people in small towns around the uk um burned down 5g towers and uh i think in some cases actually attacked like electrical engineers trying to set up 5g networks they they yelled at electrical engineers okay there was there was a there was a video that was going around at one point which was uh, a woman who saw some electrical engineers on a street uh, and was basically like, hey, why are you guys out here? Like, there's a pandemic on. Uh, it's really bad. You guys should be wearing masks. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Okay. And then by the end, and then like halfway through the video, she flips and goes like, plus, you're installing 5G. That's what's causing the pandemic. And I was like, oh, fucking. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> different uh, thing. Different thing. No, yeah. You were so close. And then you just went <laughs> crazy. <laughs> So I have been having my own uh, local Facebook issue. Yeah, what's the beef in your town? Okay, so um, for the last couple months, uh, I've been spending a lot of time up near where I grew up in the North Shore of Massachusetts with some friends and family because uh, New York. That's, that's, that's why Ryan's accent's getting stronger. That's why my accent is getting stronger. Um also, you're, like three, you're like three weeks away from full Mark Wahlberg. Well, I, I decided maybe get out of New York for a little bit after it was transitioning from Mardi Gras Corona party to uh, it's going to be freezing cold and I can't leave my one bedroom apartment. It seemed like maybe a good <laughs> idea to get out for a bit. So over the last year, I had noticed my parents and my sister talking about like people around town and like right. like people I'd never heard of. And they didn't seem to know these people's names either. They were just like quoting stuff that they had said or complaining about so things. It, they were saying like these people did X. Or yeah. Something. Or it'd be like we would drive past, you know, maybe a new restaurant or something. And someone would be like, well, you know, they're they're always saying that's actually really bad. And the, the owner's you know, not very good. Oh, and it's always like a they're saying. Yeah. It was always like an omnipresent right. they. Yeah. And I was like, what is like what's happening here? And I assumed maybe like. Uh, this is before coronavirus, so I was assuming like maybe like they were going to parties with people and like everyone was talking about the new thing. It's a small town, and, like okay, maybe. 
It's like New York media, but in, in a small Massachusetts yeah. town. And like, you know, older people, they love to like use they to just explain. They love, they, they love gossip. They love explaining. Yeah. That everyone knows this. It's like, but... yeah, it's like they're saying, you know, they say, you know, and it's like who, you know, who, and I always love to just be like, well, who's they? Like who? So finally, <laughs> and I was always confused. I was like, what is everyone talking about? And then I got back here a couple months ago and what I realized was happening was that they were quoting a Facebook group. That's healthy. They That's were. So healthy. All having and like we were sitting at dinner once, and they were all talking about this Facebook group as if it were the news, but it was just <laughs> people. Um, and there was like this really like kind of like tense discussion about this. I come to find out a woman who had gone on this page and it posted that she was trying to get her above ground sprinkler water to be warmer because it was like making her kids cold in the summer and she was trying to get warm water to come out of her above ground water line or whatever. I mean that's just ridiculous I'm sorry you don't get warm water out of a sprinkler the point is the sprinkler is cold you run through the cold water you get cool and then you warm up in the sun I don't know what they're talking about well, 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 I've got opinions about this. You would be uh, you would be perfect for this group because apparently the, co- the comment section just turned into to like this free-for-all where people were like the coronavirus is happening people's lives are at stakes how dare you care about the, the water and then the woman's like apologizing me like i'm so sorry that i was being insensitive you know i just thought that maybe other people were having this problem too and it was all this like crazy shit you know, this this is cancel culture i don't think you should be canceled for wanting warmer water in your sprinklers and, and like you know the area i grew up in it's north from massachusetts so it, it's a very white area like it's it's like very white and so when, no one, no one that's used to being cancelled. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, so then, like during the Black Lives Matter protests, like the waves across the country, there were there was discussions Ooh. here, but it was all like just toxic. Where like. Uh, like college age kids would get into the group and be like, you know, we need to stand up for Black Lives Matter and and we are we can't let our town be silent. And then everyone else would be like, shut the fuck up. And everyone's like having this big like race fight in this Facebook page. And and like I'm sitting once again like outside of a of a restaurant and like people are showing each other their phones to talk about. And then like I thought, That's okay, great. maybe maybe this is just my family. Maybe my family is just like you know they got really into barstool sports a few months ago. Like sure sure the coronavirus has done strange things to the way that we think about reality fine whatever my family has just gotten really into facebook drama the thing is it's not a bad thing to be into facebook drama is super fun yeah no i mean i i literally read a newsletter three times a week about internet drama i think it's fantastic (laughs) the pettier the better but i I then discovered i started meeting other people in my town and realizing that this was not just my family like my dad's friend like pulled up got out of his car and was like did you hear about the above ground water thing it's crazy and i was like (laughs) what the fuck is happening Like, this is not anything. This is complete nonsense. Like, like, and come to find out, though, it was actually way crazier than what I thought it was, which is the, the, so there, there's a, there's (laughs) so stupid. (laughs) It's so stupid. So there's a, there's a main group for my town. Yeah. And then there is another group for my town. There's a shadow group. Yes. So there's the main group, which is public. And then there's the private one that's not public. And so I'm now in both, and I can finally see what's going on, and it's a fucking mess. Well, unless there's a third group. I mean, what if there's just like a group that's just like the No Ryans group? That's my fear. <laughs> um, well, there's the No Ryans group, and there's also the actual group that runs it. It's, yeah. It's, it's the small town Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. I mean... But it's so crazy because, like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> like, and, and, and then what was even weirder is that, like, my, a friend of mine texted me the other day and he's like, oh, wow, I think, like, there's a fire at this, like, nearby restaurant that we were at recently. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then I told people about it. And then we were all sitting around and they had asked me, like, oh, you know, what's happening with the fire? And I was like, it dawned on me. I was like, there's actually no way for me to know if there's a fire down there because there's no local media anymore. <laughs> like there's because we used to have a really terrible newspaper here, but it was like very sure. it was very, you know, it serves the purpose of a local newspaper, which is to tell you the things that happened in the town that day. Yeah, we're, that week. we're a beach town in Massachusetts. Like it, nothing actually happens, but you do also need to know. What happened to this place that was not on fire, then it was on fire? Yes. What happened there? And after like years of living in New York and London and like spending most of my time in cities where, you know, you can go on Twitter and you can type in, I've done it before. I would be like, during the string of terror attacks that one summer in London, 
if I heard like a loud bang, I would go on Twitter and I would just type in like Dalston and see like if people on Twitter were talking about hearing the same loud bang. And that was like my first reaction as like a journalist, but also just like as a person who wanted to know if there would be a nearby terror attack. Because we we had we had the same thing with helicopters over the summer, like because there's been raves in uh <laughs> of course on the marshes <laughs> of course there's been marsh raves of course i go walking on there on like a sunday morning because it's like a nice walk and it's all sunny and uh, i can get like a nice few hours like listen to podcasts and stuff uh and i'm walking down there and there's always like three or four people to calling sound systems out of the marshes yeah like, out of the woods there's just like um, a piss filled buckfest bottles just strewn about the park yeah of course i mean it's not oh it's not the park it's like it's it's the marshes it's the river it's the swamps it's good stuff i would love but, to um, rave in the swamp that's the kind of facebook group i want to be part of yeah exactly but you can also always hear when there is going on because you can hear a helicopter above so you google you put into twitter like what's what's the helicopter about and it's always like there's this house party there's this rave there's yeah. this thing on the marshes yeah and and you know for, and then you go it's great and then you then you go and you take a bunch of yeah. mcat and like jaw your you know jaw your mouth off but like great. this was sort of my first moment and you know it sounds really awful and i think we've talked about this a bit on the on the podcast before but like people of our generation all left their small towns and were extremely against the people who stayed to the point where like it's a punchline among older millennials of like i don't want to end up like the people back in my hometown you know yeah which then created or at least it contributed to a huge local news drought and then the local news desert started popping up and then they were replaced with facebook pages and facebook groups and those facebook groups are run by psychopaths who aren't journalists and aren't really even running anything they're just like fighting amongst each other and for- well, the thing that the thing that worries me is not the ones that are run by psychopaths because there's, <laughs> there's plenty of those like yeah. and they're just like wild and eventually they will collapse because everyone's like i hate this it's the one that are run by normal people who have one weird thing oh wait okay so i have i have an example of this I did find out about a third Facebook thing in my town. Amazing. It was a renegade restaurant reviewer. And he <laughs> had been able to amass a big enough following on Facebook that if he gave your bar or restaurant a bad review, it would like destroy your local business. And it was it was crazy because at the time my sister was trying to set up like a local restaurant and they lived in fear of this like anonymous man on Facebook who could like at any moment like make or break their their thing. That's insane. But also that makes perfect sense. But equally like you're beholding to this one person who you assume is ethical and you don't know that. There's it, no proof. It's about ethics in local Facebook journalism. It is. But <laughs> genuinely, like, there's a question for, like, your sister. She's trying to get this off the ground. If this guy comes in and goes, like, hi, I'm this guy on Facebook. I need a free meal or I will give you a bad review. She's probably going to do it. Right. Well, th- this is the thing. Like, you and I have talked in abstract about the the lack of local news and its eroding effects on democracy. Yeah. And I understood it in the abstract. I now completely understand how frustrating it is to just simply wonder is a part of the town on fire and have no ability to find out unless i were to well, drive down there and and like find out myself which i wasn't going to do but the thing is the other crazy part of this is like you shouldn't actually be able to find that out immediately well no no i mean you, 20 years you ago you wouldn't even you wouldn't even need to yeah you would find out the next week or you'd find out when you drove past and were like, man, that, that place looks like it's 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 been on fire. Or all, they will you know, buy the paper this week to find out why. It's a small enough town where like you could see you would be able to see smoke or something. Probably. Right. Was was, right. was your lo- was your local paper weekly or daily? It was a weekly. It was uh yeah. it was like a it was incredibly stuffy and bad and like whatever. But it, it did and there was a whole punchline about like how the police blotter would include like Seagull flew over Morris Street today. <laughs> so uh yeah, our local newspaper was also weekly. Um but I'm from Salisbury, uh which if you haven't heard the uh, Putin tried to kill someone there like two years ago. Oh actually. that old thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um but during that period, like the Salisbury Journal used to have like, I don't know, a dozen staff and now it's got like three but during that period, they did incredibly well, and I always feel very proud of them. The fact they broke like three stories ahead of national media, who will like obviously flock to it. Um, but they actually did break break stories then, which was very cool. My favorite local UK journalism thing, and I talk about this a lot, and I've even had people who were involved in this project message me and thank me for yep. publicly talking about it so much. Which is <laughs> the Wales on so Wales Online, which you know it's not exactly like local journalism because it is like you know, for whales, but at the same time, sure. like whales is small. Um, <laughs> and uh, they did, <laughs> this is so good. They did a full day live blog for the 
traffic jam for the One Direction concert in Cardiff. It was a big traffic jam. Like, it was a yeah. big traffic jam, and they covered that thing like it was the fucking Olympics, and it was so great, and it was so funny, and I just thought it was like, I mean, yeah, I followed the live blog of the One Direction traffic jam all day on Twitter. <laughs> it was great. I do think that like a lot of the problems of the world right now are caused by a random nonsense machine replacing, you know, not the best newspapers in the world, but like ones that definitely made it easier to understand what was going on and connect with your fellow citizens. Yeah, there was a sense of, you know, there's someone in charge and maybe the person in charge is like bad, but there is a a slow feedback to it. Yes. It is the case of if you look back over your last eight issues and it's gone down every week and you're like well man maybe i should put stop putting these stories about how uh 5g is setting my hair on fire on the front page every week because everyone's like that's crazy i'm not gonna listen to that you you are less likely to buy that paper but if you're doing a facebook group and that's getting more engagement you're going to focus on the engagement but of course the people who engage with that are the most passionate people who aren't necessarily the people who you want to go and buy your newspaper and it's just yeah it's a different mechanic and it, it totally changes how people deal with local news and yeah it means just people get very angry over things that they are probably slightly out of proportion on like i mean like yeah. you know no one is that angry about any of this shit i mean maybe i get i don't know like i think there's also just like a performative anger thing because uh, in a local facebook group environment you have the person running it who is an editor essentially but that person also contributes so they're a reporter and then anyone that uh posts in it is a reporter but then yep. also anyone that comments is essentially also a reporter and they're yep. all linked with engagement metrics. So there's no real reason for anyone to agree with each other because then you don't get as much engagement. So it's like there's no way that likes and reactions and shares can contribute to good faith anything because why would you? It's the engagement metrics that do it. It's the idea that you get rewards for things that are – there is no long-term gain to having those engagement metrics like – be in the right direction like if you get from you know it, it doesn't work on followers but you know if you, you get more followers for saying something inflammatory than saying not saying something inflammatory you say something inflammatory and you say well the more fa- inflammatory the more offensive thing you say gets you more followers you say something more offensive and it's that kind of thing of just it takes you down a rabbit hole very very fast because there's that dopamine hit every time you go oh nice new follower there right because i mean i think there's there was this idea like uh alexis ohanian the reddit guy he like talks about this shit a lot yeah alexis ohanian and like a lot of that like era of people they believed that like discussion is inherently good and healthy and that free speech and unlimited access to discussion and ideas is really good and in this sort of like you know greek sort of like philosopher mentality of like common sense and classical liberalism and all this all bullshit and like jack dorsey and people like that that you mean they i think jack dorsey really believes it and i think mark zuckerberg just like kind of says that to so you don't know that he's like in a you know for sure yeah um but we we can't pretend like that's true anymore i mean if you said that five years ago we could be like well i guess we just don't know yet now we know which is that given unlimited access to discussion and different ideas and uh unlimited communication capabilities people won't have a nice time they don't tend no one will (laughs) and i'm not saying that people are inherently evil that's not where this conversation about local facebook is going but what i am saying is that like public discourse tends to become sour over time yeah i i mean i agree with that because like you don't keep going back to something because you like it you say you like it and you move on when you hate something you you kind of want it to end you want to stop something you want to change something right and like if you get enough people together it creates energy and that energy builds up so like you know even a a marsh rave if you have it for 12 hours okay you know that's great you have it for three days and people are gonna like start burning shit down and fighting each other and it's gonna be a big disaster and i think a facebook group is the same deal which is like the longer it goes on, the more people that get involved, the more it builds up energy, the more the energy has to be used on something, and the bigger chance it becomes a political movement. <laughs> because that's what you have to do when you have – like if you have 100,000 people in a group, you have to come up with a religion or a political system because if you don't, like it's just going to become chaos. And and also like it seems like that shit just tends to happen 
naturally we've discovered is that like you know your dog spotting group could become a cult if you get enough people in it oh man i haven't checked dog spotting for a while but i assume that's a cult now uh dog spotting has had a lot of drama over the years because of how strict their rules are sure do you know the dog spotting rules i i used to <laughs> for people who aren't familiar with dog spotting it's a one of the original kind of like niche viral groups viral facebook groups um and they have extremely specific rules um the only one i can really remember specifically is that you can't use photos of police dogs because they're a system of hegemonic oppression that makes sense uh, I mean, oh, I agree oh wait with that. i got one i got one i got one okay okay so they had a point system here's what here's what it was um a dog one point a really small or large dog plus one point funny or ugly dog plus one point two dogs sure. times two points three dogs times three points etc off leash dog plus one point nature dog plus two points acting human plus one point destroying human property plus two points laying down in public plus one point sulfur soulful eyes plus one point Dirty or shaggy dog plus one point. Exotic dog plus two <laughs> points. Exotic spotting location plus two points. Skill shot or story plus two points. Extremely cool dog plus three points. That's good. That's worth it. Trying to find the rule about hegemonic oppression, but I can't. Anyways, dog spotting. They've had a lot of drama, and like I would say it is a borderline cult at this point. Um, so there you go. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and is it, they, they all get pretty culty. I think if you have a if you have a big Facebook group, you have to abandon it within about six months, or it becomes bad. I mean, also just don't use Facebook. Like I haven't actively used Facebook in probably two years. I don't think I've 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 used Facebook since they got rid of uh, beans and things that beans shouldn't be in. Dude, I tried to find that page the other day and I couldn't find it. It's been replaced it's by like a billion different ones now. But I, I was the I was... original when like yeah because it got too big. It, it was too it was too beautiful to exist. I mean, that's probably for the best. Like I don't think i okay so i'm of two minds of this and and i, I want to sort of get this out i think that small decentralized communities on the internet are better than large public feeds okay agreed i would i would firmly agree with that because even in like the worst case scenario like back when i was a community moderator and we'd have days where we were being attacked by stormfront stormfront the neo-nazi message board was still smaller <laughs> than anything that we have now in terms of like far-right activism and and things like that yeah, for sure. Facebook groups, though, are not the same thing as small decentralized. The key word there is decentralized. And it turns out if you have a bunch of small groups inside of a central feed, they just become like warring tribes with each other. And that's a di that's a disaster every single time. So what you're saying is we need more democracy. I think I think that a lot of the reporters covering Facebook went after it from a democracy standpoint, which is fine. I did too. We all did. We all talked about its yep. effects on democracy because those are tangible, especially after, you know, 2015. Uh, and they seem the most serious. They seem the most dramatic. They're the most serious. They're, they're the most dramatic. I think... A better way of looking at it, though, is that Facebook is like McDonald's or Walmart. And instead sure. of food or consumer goods, it's human expression and socialization. And I think what it has done to socializing is very similar to what McDonald's has done to its food. And I think the big problem there is that when you have one company that's extremely large in charge of how you eat or how you socialize or how you shop or anything like that, it's going to get worse. So I think hopefully now we're more able to talk about capitalism and monopolies and things like that. Cause I think that's what it is. I don't think it's actually a democracy thing. I think right, it's, it's directed everyone's social energy down the same set of pathways and it's a very limited set of pathways, which means that people's relations with people are either I am angry at them or I am in a group with them that is is fighting for a certain thing. And that's kind of the only two modes of expression. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that, like, fun stuff doesn't still happen on Facebook, like the Facebook group about ants from a while ago. Like, shit is yeah. still happening there that's fun and interesting. And, like, I would say, like, every couple months, like, somebody figures out, like, a unique way to use a Facebook group. But at the same yeah. time, for every unique one, there's, like, a bazillion that are organizing, like, the shutdowns of roads or... Uh, attacking each other in a local small town or um, uh, joining QAnon. So, like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't see the utility. And, and, like, you know, I guess, like, 
If tomorrow, like, Facebook just turned off, like, what do you think would happen? I mean, your dad would be super angry. Well, so I don't think he would, though, because I've never actually heard from him that he cares about Facebook. It's more just like he can't stop looking at it, like a smoker. Like, it's like right. he doesn't really seem to miss it when it's gone, but if he's just sitting around, he'll just plug in, and then he'll lose, like, three hours watching, like, he watches a lot of, like, clips from Clint Eastwood films, but put on Facebook. Sure. I don't know. I mean, th- yeah, this is, like, th- the way you build a following on Facebook, really, is to just do very specific, random clips of things that roughly appeal to the same group of people, and you probably build a big following. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if, you know, Facebook dies tomorrow... I think, I mean, I'd like it to happen, but I, I also don't know how it would. Yeah. Um, and I, I I suspect it would be like anything. It would be an, a small number of people would be incredibly angry and or happy about it, and the vast majority of people would find a way around. Yeah, I just think like... It'd be like, it'd be like when the algorithm changes. And the algorithm changes and suddenly everything's different and no one's 100% sure why. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think... It would be very easy for people to network, like without yep. it now. I, there's so many shades of what Facebook does in other places. Like, let's say the whole Facebook suite went down, right? So, the the biggest thing is that like Brazil, the country, would grind to a halt without WhatsApp. Brazil and India would yeah. just like cease to function because WhatsApp like is there is like runs their societies. And I think most small towns in the UK would 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 go through like a 28 days later style, like being unable to communicate with the outside world for a while. <laughs> Almost definitely. And I think every American radio station would go bankrupt within like a week because all of their time and energy is spent on like running their Facebook pages. That sounds correct. Yes. But I think young kids would be fine because they're already using like, I mean, you would get iMessage people. People would go to Twitter People, word would spread of like everyone using the, some new app or or you know Telegram or something. <laughs> yep. Local businesses would struggle probably. Yep. Also likely. Squarespace would become the most valuable company in America like overnight because <laughs> people would just be making we- <laughs> people would make websites again. Websites for all their groups again. Yeah, and you you might see the explosion of like Slack or Discord for the the for like a consumer D- level. Dis- Discord, I could see doing very well. Um. But I think after about two weeks, maybe three weeks, I don't, I don't think anyone would give a shit anymore. <laughs> it's really hard to, to yeah. I, I just don't feel like who would rebel against it properly. Like everyone just be like, oh, okay, fine, I'll deal with another thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm imagining like, okay, what if you like snapped your, what if you Thanos snapped away all fast food, or let, let's yeah. actually no, no no let's go let's go easier. Thanos snapping all of McDonald's away overnight. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be hard because it'd be like, oh, well, normally McDonald's, but you know the same incentives, the same like instincts of what people are trying to do would would still exist. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, people just go to Taco Bell uh, or or Burger King or something. Yeah, exactly. So I guess in that way, like the Facebook neural pathways have already been made. We're always going to have something like Facebook, even if we get rid of right. it. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, nothing. Nothing will. Nothing will ever end. The same thing. The the, the 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 Pandora's box is open. It will always happen, and we're just going to have to deal with it now. Huh. All right. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what have you been? What content have you been consuming to stay sane? Let's talk about uh, anime, baby. Uh, do we have to (laughs) um so i feel like uh basically since college every uh four to six every three to four months i go through like a hardcore anime phase in fact longtime listeners of the show can probably piece out exactly when my last hardcore (laughs) anime phase was um and i'm in one right now i think it's because it's like it's getting colder here there's not a lot to do and um i just want to watch a bunch of cartoon people beat the shit out of each other and talk about their hopes and dreams um so i have been watching two crunchyroll original animes uh which i was very skeptical about just because like i grew up in like the age of like we're gonna make the an american anime and it's like oh god it's like american k-pop you know it's just not the same um but they're both good uh crunchyroll's uh tower of god and crunchyroll's god of high school those are two different shows, <laughs> um, and they're very good. Sure. 
Um, one is about a tower that you have to climb and fight monsters and each other in. And the other one is about a tournament you compete in to fight monsters and each other in. <laughs> uh, but they're, and oh, and they're also both based on Korean webtoons, which I think is interesting. It's kind of like a new development. I don't know that if, is weird. Do you know, okay. do you know about Korean, Korea's webtoon? I don't. It's like a giant online comic marketplace platform kind of thing and these are both webtoons so it's a new it's a new era for anime baby <laughs> fair enough um uh, what kind of content are, oh and i also watched a frank sinatra documentary um okay what was the frank sinatra documentary uh it's on netflix my mom was like you should watch this frank sinatra documentary <laughs> and i was like all right i have nothing else to do and it's like four hours and it goes through frank sinatra's life and um, it's like very pro Sinatra and also like very weird about Frank Sinatra's mob connections and like constantly downplaying them, which I thought was a, a choice. Um, sure. yep. But it was interesting. I didn't realize that Frank Sinatra was the Justin Bieber of the 40s. Um, that was kind of a, a learning experience for me. There's always been a Justin Bieber. Yeah. he was, Every well, era there's been a Justin Bieber. No, apparently he he's considered like America's first like teen idol. That was his, like his thing. Um, which is weird to think that like Justin Bieber's music will sound like Frank Sinatra's music <laughs> to us when we are in our 60s or 70s. It will. It will. Um, it's going to be great. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> uh, what content are you consuming to stay sane? Um, we uh, started watching Shit's Creek. It's like a warm bath. Yes. It's, it's so, so good. It's so good. And I want to emphasize, we did this before all the awards happened, uh-huh, but like uh-huh. it was like two weeks ago. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, we started watching it, and it's it's harmless and lovely, and no one's angry. I haven't just, seen the last season, just in case you're going to go into it. I haven't. I've only seen the first two. I think we okay. just started season three, but you know, it's yeah, it's nice and it's harmless and it's lovely, and I I I just wish there was more TV like that where I just enjoy it without thinking that much so if you're looking for uh i spent a long time trying to like scratch this the shit's creek itch because <laughs> there isn't a lot of tv like it right now but there is one show i highly recommend for people listening on netflix in america at least called kim's convenience it is okay. also canadian i think i've spoken about it on this show before like months and months and months ago and it's just like a delightful show about a korean family running a corner store in toronto and it's exactly like Shit's creek where it's not as funny as Shit's creek but it's um it's that same kind of like just just calm down just chill out you know <laughs> be canadian <laughs> <laughs> no that's good all, all of, right, our, I will, all I will of our actors that. are named like todd vander wolf and like gus van Hoosen and cynthia margreen i don't know i'm just making up canadian sounding names now i i i i'll be honest i don't know a huge amount of the difference canada and america i see they're essentially the same country except one has healthcare. that's that's as far as i know so i, I didn't know they're different names I, there is like a canadian kind of actor that like we don't have in america and like explaining the difference is so difficult but yet i can okay. feel it in my bones in fact i like to play a game now <laughs> where i'm watching something and i'm like i bet they're canadian and then i look it up and i'm like yeah they're canadian i mean canadian actors do over index in the u.s like there are more of them than there should be so okay i assume it's because of the healthcare and more of them stay alive <laughs> no hold on so we're gonna really lift up the rock of my psyche this week um oh, Jesus, one okay. of the many weird things i've been doing since the beginning of quarantine is becoming obsessed with who is canadian uh in tv shows and <laughs> movies that i'm watching <laughs> Oh boy, talking about this out loud is gonna sound crazy. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're really doing this. So I, <laughs> so I, <laughs> uh, I actually have an answer for you <laughs> about why this is happening, which is that, um, and I noticed this years ago when I did like a full X Files rewatch, and I was like, oh, the X Files like looks different at a certain point. Why does it look different? And I realized that it is because it had moved from Vancouver to LA. That's why you get the right. like early dark, like mist filled seasons that look great, and then you get like the shitty we're on a soundstage seasons. Yeah, and but, they're like, oh, we've just we've turned we've adjusted the the color palette a little bit. Exactly, and it like throws off the whole show. Well, I guess it's like, like, no, no, it's it's actually super warm there. It's not like a cold city right so i guess like because of this because of the success and like the tax stuff around a lot of like particularly sci-fi canada and vancouver in particular are just like a huge huge hub for genre tv that makes sense 
Um, also home improvement TV. Uh, there's like a very, there's another game I play with home improvement shows where I'm like, is this being secretly filmed in Canada? And I always like look for signs like, you know, like the color of the money or something. Um, everyone's everyone being friendly, dude. I need to, I, I need this pandemic to be over. I I'm, I'm losing my goddamn mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, like a lot, a lot of genre TV is filmed in Canada. It's like a thing. Um, and like their sci-fi is really good. Like orphan black is a Canadian show. Really good. Uh, Winona Earp isn't good, but I've watched the entirety of it and it's Canadian. Like, Canada. It's uh yep. great. <laughs> cool. Pl- good. <laughs> play play my game at home and let me know if you've noticed any secret Canadians hiding in your favorite TV shows or movies. <laughs> and and watch Shit's Creek if you haven't. Yeah, um uh Carl Logfeld. You're no Carl Lagerfeld. No, no. Uh, that, are you saying Carl Lagerfeld? No, no. Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to come up with fake Canadian names, like, um, like. You, I don't even know what a fake Canadian name is. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on, not on board. Like, <laughs> like, hi, I'm Daniel Humphreys. I'm your favorite Canadian actor. You know, Dan, hu- Dan Humphreys from Gossip Girl. Oh, is oh fuck! I can't make up fake names very well. You <laughs> made <laughs> up Carl Lagerfeld and Dan Humphreys <laughs> from Gossip Girl. I tried my best. <laughs> Okay, that's the show. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.